0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel Podcast, powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence with experts across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. Hello, welcome to the Risk Intel Podcast. I'm Ed Vincent. With me today are Beth Nellis and Mike Jones. Beth joins us uh, as a director uh, at Strategic Risk Associates um, implementation team. Um, Beth brings with her uh, quite a bit of experience from working at DeNovo Banks all the way up to kind of a top five financial institution in various um, operational areas and, and risk-related roles. Mike brings uh, a slightly different perspective, having worked on the consulting and advisory side at PwC and Deloitte, um, but also having worked with financial institutions from a different angle, working inside of FinTech as a compliance officer there. Uh, Mike is our chief compliance officer at, at SRA as well. So Beth and Mike, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me.
0: The topic of the day is program risk assessments. Uh, so we're gonna cover a few different uh, aspects of this in, in today's discussion. We'll talk a bit about, um, you know, what is a program risk risk assessment? Why do regulators care about program risk assessments? And then talk a little bit about the the consequences and the and the regulatory aspects and the strategic aspects of of program risk assessment. So, let's uh, let's kick things off, Beth, by perhaps you laying a bit of a foundation for us. What is a program risk assessment?
1: Sure. Um, so, program risk assessment. Most people are, are familiar with uh, risk and control self assessments, and they're the ones where you've got your individual risks for a specific area. And you attach specific controls to it. Most people are familiar with that. A program risk assessment goes up, and it and it takes a thirty thousand look view, and it and it says, okay, for this this area or this group of areas, tell me about your quantitative risk. How much how much risk do you have? And then it says, okay, tell me about your risk management. How how good is your quality of risk management? So it's a it's a it's a higher level. Uh, a top-down look at risk, as opposed to a bottom-up. Okay, so it, it's right as you said, a higher level,
0: more of a global, a global view of of risk um, within an organization. Um, Mike, let's look at this from the the regulatory perspective, if you will, um, and bring bring that regulator into the equation. Why do regulators care about program risk assessments?
2: Here's what happens, Ed. Uh, a regulator will send a bank a letter announcing that on such and such a date, the regulator is going to show up at the bank and begin an examination. It's called a first day letter. Uh, Attached to that first day letter is a list of documents that the regulator is asking the bank to provide before the examination begins. Almost always, that list of requested documents will include one or more program risk assessment, whether it be your compliance risk assessment, your BSA risk assessment, your OFAC risk assessment, uh, fair lending, depending on the scope of the examination. Uh, Regulators do that because they want to know that the bank has a handle on its risk and understands how its controls function. Uh, The regulators will then typically use the result of that uh, risk that program risk assessment or those program risk assessments that sort of guide the focus of the examination, um, and we'll rely on that to uh, uh, to help provide feedback uh, throughout the process.
0: Okay, so there is the there is a a roadmap to a certain extent that comes out of comes out of the you know the, the discipline of preparing these program risk assessments that that should. Should at least lay a bit of a you know a foundation for when that regulator comes and, and knocks on the door, right?
2: Right, and, and it it goes beyond just the regulatory uh, aspect too. Uh, banks have a vested interest in understanding their risk uh, so that they can uh, appropriately manage them.
0: Okay, so let's let's dig into that a little bit and and perhaps more of the kind of the strategic side there. So the, the there's the regulatory aspect. From a strategic side, how how do bank use this?
2: So, what what the program risk assessment will allow you to do is identify your top risks. Um, you know, it may just be the you know the top twenty or thirty percent of risks that account for the majority, maybe eighty plus percent of your vulnerability. So then, in a uh, you know a world of scarce resources, where compliance and risk management may not be the first place that a bank wants to spend a dollar, uh, the bank can then prioritize and more strategically focus on those risks that really matter.
0: Okay. So this then is going to help inform that risk management decision the resource allocation decision and investment decision, if you will, um, based upon looking at risks across the organization. So
1: Absolutely. Beth, let's...
0: Beth, let's bring this back to your experience, right? Having worked at, you know, the the you know small with a smaller institution, but all the way up to very large institutions. Um is there a different level of applicability or or usage of of these program risk assessments if you're a de novo bank versus a you know top five, top ten institution?
1: Definitely. Uh, the the when you're in a smaller institution, banks unfortunately tend to do these only the ones that are required only because the regulators are looking for it and they, they focus on their risk and control self-assessments instead. Um, and, and that's, that's again, as Mike stated, a, a, a matter of resources, right? Smaller institutions have fewer resources. But as you grow, uh, and, and regulators are okay with that, uh, but as you grow, uh, you definitely need to uh, have, have a broader focus on risk um, at all levels. And, and you, you know, as you, the not only do regulators expect it, so do your shareholders and your mm. everybody uh, wants you to be looking at risk and managing it. So um, these become more important as you grow.
0: Okay, got it.
1: Um, let's let's
0: talk briefly here about the consequences. Right, you've you've articulated some of the value, if you will, of of doing this and doing it well, and how it could be used strategically as well as operationally inside a bank. Um, what are the consequences of, of not doing this well? So, Mike, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, perhaps from a, a regulatory viewpoint to start. Sure.
2: Uh, you know, there there are several. Uh, and going back to my example of the first day letter, uh, if, uh, if a bank is unable to produce a risk assessment uh, as a result of having received that first day letter, that request, uh, they'll at the very least have made a very bad impression. On their regulator before they show up, which isn't a good thing, uh, or no. if, you know, their or if the, the risk assessment is substandard. Uh, but beyond that, if it's substandard or missing, it it will undoubtedly show up then in the regulatory findings, the report that comes after the examination, as perhaps a matter requiring attention, uh, a matter requiring immediate attention. Uh, which then means that the bank will have to you know, be obligated to spend some resources to remediate and fix the problem. Um, and so, you know, the other thing is uh, a poorly done risk assessment or uh, an absent risk assessment is just sort of an invitation uh, to the regulator to dig deeper. Um, it, it, it arouses suspicion. And a lot of times uh, that things are found that maybe wouldn't have been or, uh risks are uncovered uh that the uh, that the regulator found out before the the bank and that's always a bad situation as well
0: all right so if you identify risks as as part of the the program risk assessment process uh Beth then what right uh you you've you've uh, you have you have you have used this to to surface an issue is that is that the end
1: of the line uh it shouldn't be uh absolutely should not be uh, and if it is you're probably in trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you discover a risk, when you uncover it, as Mike said earlier, you need to prioritize it. Is this a, is this a critical risk? Is this something that's going to affect our business? Is it something that's going to affect our reputation? And then you and then you fix it, right? You figure out how to mitigate that risk and, and you create an action plan and, and you implement that. Um, you absolutely do not want to ignore a risk that you have uncovered.
0: Right. So it's, it's a call to action. It's not purely kind of referential in nature. This is, this is a, this is something that then is used to define and drive decisions and actions going forward. That's right.
2: And and Ed, I'd add to that, you know, the the worst case scenario really is that there's a, an undiscovered systematic risk lurking beneath the surface that the bank has not discovered on their own uh, because they haven't done their program risk assessment. Um, that then uh, could result in consumer complaints, class action lawsuits, uh, discovery by the regulator, and then all sorts of bad things start to happen, like uh, civil money penalties, uh, restitution of funds to consumers, and so forth. So, uh, you know, the foundation of a great risk assessment program, risk assessment program that's done regularly, that has a methodology that has a consistent approach and that's repeatable is critical uh, to avoid all these bad things.
0: All right. In summary, then banks have to get out on their front foot here. So regardless of their size, or as we talked about the, the program risk assessment really is, is part of the price of admission. If you will, regulators respect it, uh, uh, expect it, pardon me, uh, strategically, this can be used as a, as a tool to inform risk-related decision-making, resource allocation, and investment, um, and absolutely should be something that is used not just for referential purposes, but really to drive decisions and, and actions for, for financial institutions. Absolutely. 100%. Beth, Mike, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for the primer on program risk assessments. We're, we're going to have you uh, you both back to talk a little bit about how banks manage and administer program risk assessments and how they've done that historically, um, how frequently they complete an update and, and revise them, and then the trends in how uh, banks are managing programs risk assessments today and other best practices. So thank you for joining us for part one of this series. We look forward to having you back for the second round. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.